Hi and welcome to Elsie's Mundo uh, Book Club podcast. Good morning, Clary. Good morning, Gaza. Uh, just for those listeners who have uh, joined us just now, I just would like to introduce that Clary was the first guest in this podcast when I started it last year in September, and at that moment. She was translating her first book um, that was, how was it? Like, did, did you ask for it or did the publisher ask you to, for a translation or what was it like? Well, it was uh, my first official uh, assignment um, from uh, the Hungarian publisher. So I was looking for for two years, I think, for a possibility to to become a, a translator. And uh, this was uh, actually the only publisher that uh, reached out to me after maybe seven months after I have uh, written to them that I was yeah. looking for this opportunity and uh, they uh, assigned me this book. It, it was uh, Leah Lewis's uh, Eight Perfect Hours, which yes. came out last, October. I think, October. Yes, because during the podcast interview, you were not allowed to talk about it. Just mentioned yeah. very vaguely that you're trans translating something that is romantic. But you did mention that uh, Leah Lewis became one of your favorite writers. Yes. Yes. So how is your career going since then? What what happened to you in the field of translation? And what what works uh, did you get commission for? And how are you with translating? I love translating. This really is a dream come true. So I, I really enjoy it. Maybe I am working too much because I, I love it so much. So uh, for me, translation is um, a form of relaxation. And also it is my work. So I think I am in a really, really privileged position to say that I, I do love my work and I don't feel like I'm working. Wow. I am I'm, I'm having a blast, actually. So I, I really really love it and um since uh, eight perfect hours i've been uh well uh five books wow five novels i have finished two already and i am uh, about to finish my fifth uh translation for this publisher nice. so i am yeah <laughs> that's great um so yeah which books so you can already talk about the ones that have come yeah. out right so yes. whose whose authors works are you translating and how is it the process do you get the commission by the publisher or do you have a word in what kind of genres you would like to translate what's the process well it it look um it is my choice if I accept what they offer, but as a, how do we say it? <laughs> when you start? As a newbie. A newbie. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So as a, as a newbie translator, one feels that you have to accept everything that uh, they offer because uh, you need uh, as much work as possible yeah. so that you would be get more and more work uh, in the future S but i think that i'm really lucky because um, i love uh, romance novels and those are what i have been commissioned to do with an edit i don't know if it's a bonus or not but the last uh series that i was asked to do is uh it's also an er erotica so erotic uh romantic novels which i usually don't uh read and uh, i was a bit afraid mm -hmm. 
to do it, but I am getting used to all the uh, sex scenes that needs to be translated. Uh, it's, a, it's a challenge for me, but I think challenges are good for us. Mm. So I, I, I feel really proud of myself that I didn't turn this down, even though I was really afraid to produce uh, work that I can be proud of. I was afraid that it won't yeah. happen. So I uh, translated uh, Karina Halley's The Royals Next Door, mm -hmm. which is a uh, which is set in in Canada, mm -hmm. and it's it's a bit like uh, Meghan Markle uh, Prince Harry Ooh. story. Mm -hmm. So With lots uh, of sex, I believe. <laughs> Sorry, a lot of sex, I believe, or is that part of the erotic novels? Uh, there were a few work, which was uh, <laughs> which was uh, Al J. Shen's Boston Bells series. Mm -hmm. uh, the first book is about a really horny kid, this guy uh, Hunter. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so what I thought was was really spicy in uh, in Karina Hanna's book turned out not to be that bad. So, uh, <laughs> at first, <laughs> my first thought was when I was translating uh, the Royals Next Door is that this is the book that I will never allow my mom to read. But then, <laughs> then came the then, other books that your mom cannot read at all. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's going to be this category, I, I think. Uh, but then when I started, more, I think it was October, uh, Lea Luis's uh, Eight uh, Perfect Hours came out uh, in Hungarian, which is called Nyolc Boldog Ora. And then came Karina Halley's The Royals Next Door, which is uh, titled Chakatesh Taman It's really a saucy uh, <laughs> title, so that people would buy, I think. Then it was actually, I think, last week that The Hunter by LJ Shang came out. Uh, in Hungarian, it's uh, called uh, Asifti Pro, and uh, it's it's part of the Boston Bells series, which which uh, consists of four books. Books. The Hungarian series title is, I think, it's Bostoni Bikag. So we are uh, we are planning to do the whole series, and uh, actually, I am working on the whole series. Wow, that's cool. All right. Yeah. I'm definitely going to have a look at those books, even if <laughs> <laughs> to have a good laugh or, or something. Um, now that you mentioned working on a series, I remember last year we were talking a lot about how you translate immediately, because I was yeah. asking you if you read the books before in original so that you can have like, you know, the gist view yeah. of it and so on. Did your technique change or what is it like translating series? I mean, probably you need to take more notes in between so that you can, you know, use the same names or the same yeah. situations throughout the whole series. It's not only just one book anymore. Yeah, well, uh, I, I did have to take a few notes this time because uh, uh, it is set partly in a corporate world, so they are working for an oil company so there were some corporate expressions that i don't know how to say uh, in hungarian so, mm. so when i got the correct expression in hungarian i had to jot it down because i was doomed to uh, forget um, but the lucky thing is that i don't have a time between the books I mean, uh, there is no, so I can start uh, working on the next book just as I finished the first one. And in this way, I am still in that world. I'm not, I don't have time to readjust to, to working. And my memory is kind of 
weird because I can remember things uh, vividly that I have written down. So I don't always have to look back uh, or look up in the previous book how some of the characters were calling each other, for example, with nicknames. So I've always had this peculiar memory. <laughs> I don't know what I did last week, but I can remember uh, these details just fine so it's so i right. really we are clearly bookworms and we live in our book yeah, more than in the yeah. real world so that's, yeah. that only shows that. <laughs> and that's that's a whole different mindset i think yeah. <laughs> yeah so so i really am lucky that i i get to uh, work on these books right after each other so uh, i i got used to the style of uh um, the the author, um, even if uh, the characters, uh, the main characters, uh, change from book to book, mm -hmm. they have a different personality, and and it is shown by the way they are speaking. Uh, but uh, I think that I I can get to those voices more easily that I am. So like this that i am uh, working on this mm, series yeah i see so so why why is it a series like it shows like four friends or like um like different different friendships and every every you know episode or every um, book shows a different glimpse of a different character uh what, well yeah it's point? it's about actually the boston bells uh, series title refers to the four girls, the the friends, who whose love life is is that the book focuses on. Mm -hmm. Yet, because I think it's more marketable if you show uh, the boys on the cover. <laughs> Obviously, the bookworm girls. So, so are going this to this is actually it's really interesting that I realized in almost the very end of the first book that it was actually about the girls uh we have um an irish uh, american girl uh in the first book mm -hmm. she's one of the focal characters there and hunter uh, fitzpatrick is the other one it's their love story that the, book, the first book focuses on the second one tells the story of hunter's brother and uh, his well love interest but he's not not really interested in love but only marriage but <laughs> so so their story is what uh, we get and and this girl has a sister she is the focal uh, character of the fourth book and the third is about the Fitzpatrick boy's sister and the first uh, book's heroine. Mm -hmm. That's what we call heroine's uh, brother, actually. There's a bit of an doomed love, one-sided love from the girl's part. So I'm, I'm really interested in how it's going to turn out <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. so i don't know if, if this was followable so there's yeah. the yeah there's friendship there's family ties that that we look at so uh it's really interesting i think mm, i see thank you which which book was your favorite one to translate so far well, I loved the first one uh, very much, and that was that story. Really, was something that I felt my own because Noel, the protagonist in that, uh, was uh, looking for always looking for the opportunity to to do what she really wanted, but because of family expectations or her inner sense of loyalty to her sick mother 
prevented her from taking a leap of faith and and uh, leaving her work that she didn't really love but it was okay because she could help her mom in her everyday struggle so i i really felt the same about translation for example that i was i was determined when i was 16 that i i'm going to be a translator but then life happened and it turned out to be a difficult thing to do and i wasn't uh, confident enough to to try but then i had a lot of kids and it seemed like a, a the perfect uh, way to to start working again because you know, I can uh, work whenever I want or can, mm -hmm. and I don't have to uh, um, go on sick leave whenever my kids are ill, and they are ill quite regularly. So it was for me really a, a great book, but I have to admit that uh, the second book of the Boston Bells series became my my favorite and i wasn't expecting it mm. i usually don't read the book that i am translating because as uh, one of my best friends mentioned who is also trans a translator among other things she said that uh, she needs that drive that of curiosity to to make her go on with her work to be curious about what's going to happen and it, it helps her with translating and this is what i did also but with the second book of uh, the boston bell series which is called the women and it's going to be called uh, i think in hungarian i'm not quite sure yet <laughs> about the Hungarian titles. So there's something in this book that absolutely sucked me in. And when I was at the beginning of, of the book around page 50, I think it was a, a Friday afternoon when I got there, I I just had to read the whole book and I did. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I, I finished the book by Sunday noon, I think. I've never done this before. And it's so rare, rarely happens with me that, that the book does this to me that I, I just couldn't put it down and I was reading you were night. inhaling it <laughs> it's not reading anymore you were inhaling it yeah <laughs> all right yeah, i just i just had to know how it turns out i don't know what's 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 in this book but it's it's so i love it so much and i am talking about it all the time to my friends and my best friend said that she's going to read it because she's really curious what's the fuss about mm -hmm. and uh, she will I think not understand what I why I love this book so much. I don't understand it either, but for me it's just it's 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 so good. <laughs> That's good. I mean you don't have to explain why you like something so much. It can be just really But I don't understand. So it's <laughs> it's my, my inner need to, to understand myself. Why do I need this book? But yeah, because just... usually you don't even read these style of Yes, right? <laughs> and I would never have read it if I were, weren't uh, asked to translate it. I don't so, know, maybe you also and need your own thing is that in your I life. said, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> I was maybe you need told. your own villain in your life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I do. Uh, <laughs> so, so, so it was, was really funny that I, I, I actually said yes to this book series without reading mm, not even one the, episode of it or one book of it. Mm -hmm. yeah so so i have never read anything from this uh author i only knew that she was she was publishing books that were uh covered with shirtless guys so 
I was a bit afraid, mm. but it turned out that yes. these books are actually fascinating. So, so they have a really interesting plot, and uh, some. The first one was quite exciting to read. I mean, uh, not in a not in the traditional sense. You mean? Um, I'm looking for a better word. So it was really um, so. So the first one was interesting in a sense or or exciting in a sense that it was it was it was kind of a, a detective novel but not in the traditional sense mm. but the guy had had to reveal uh, a plot and uh, it was I thought that he had to reveal his body, but okay, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> that as well, maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but um, it was also, also a, a crime that he had to reveal, and uh, there was pressure of time whether he can do it in time. So it was interesting and exciting in this sense as well. Mm -hmm. Okay. The second one is is more uh, psychological, I think. Mm -hmm. It's not that action field, but but still very a very nice read. <laughs> and yeah. the, the last two, I don't know what what they are about. <laughs> wow, interesting. Uh, I have a question about the covers of the book. Yeah. Do you use the original cover or? Does the company uh, or does the publisher you're working yeah. for have um, uh, an illustrator as well, or how does it work? Um, it depends how they can agree with the the original publisher whether they can uh, purchase the original cover. For this series, they did. They used the same pictures, but they alter it in their own uh, style. Mm -hmm. So it won't be the exactly the same uh, as the original, but they they uh, created a, a unified look mm -hmm. or uni unitary look for the whole series. Also for Leah Lewis's book, they uh, purchased the, the original British cover, mm -hmm. but Karina Halley's book got... Um, the new cover, totally new cover that fitted better with the publisher's way of doing covers for these uh, erotica, ero erotic novels. Mm -hmm. Nice. Interesting. And thank you for sharing. So I was just thinking if I were a translator and they would give me like a four piece or four book series novel series and it was like it would be horror or something like super scary or thriller or something like oh my god maybe i wouldn't even dare to read or finish it i was just like no <laughs> i wouldn't know those <laughs> oh so you could tell, you could tell the publisher that like could you tell them that any any of these genres but not horror not thriller not these scary psychological um, genres? Well, I love reading thrillers, but uh, I absolutely cannot stomach horror anymore. I used to uh, watch a lot of horror movies with my best friend when I was a teenager, but there was one, I think it was a Spanish horror movie that absolutely I couldn't watch it. So that that changed something and ever since that I can't uh, watch a horror movie. I love a good psychological thriller. For example, what came to my mind is Gillian Flynn's Gone Girl. I don't know if you were interested yes. uh, interested that you have uh, acquainted with it. I think that these thrillers can be really, really good. Uh, to read, but also I feel that they are 
too much for me. I mean, I mean, they they can be really de depressing also. They, yeah, they can strain my soul. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I'm I'm just thinking like if I read something like a thriller or something like that. I read The Room by Emma Donahue. Yes, I think that uh, mm -hmm. she's the author, and yeah. that that also stayed with me for a long time. And I started to think what what would I do if that happened to me? What would I do if that? Yeah, if I came to that situation or, you know, what would I like? Oh, my God, it was really hard to read. But still reading is less scary than watching it on a movie. I mm -hmm. say, because those pictures just burn in my mind and I'm yeah. just like, no, I cannot watch horror, I cannot yeah. read, I cannot touch it, I don't want to be involved with anything that has blood in it, and yeah. so on. So, yeah. 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 The room was, I will, I listened to it uh, as an oh audiobook and it came, it, 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 it stayed with me as well for a long time. It's a brilliant book. But as you've mentioned, it is better really to read or listen to it and not present it with a picture because maybe your mind cannot imagine it that bad yes. as they can present it on screen. So uh, absolutely, uh, I agree with books, you. I can't watch horror movies. <laughs> in the in the books, there are always something like you know that you can focus on, like decoration, yeah. or the structure, or the. Yeah some some language some flowery words to describe something yeah. and it's it's really not as bad as you've mentioned it or as you've said it yeah like as it, it is presented with the pictures i would just yeah like, no that okay. yes that you love it and it's flexible and yeah. um how many hours do you translate per hour uh, per day what do you have well, like a routine or it's just whenever, whatever? Uh, uh, when the kids are uh, at school, I try to work as much as possible. But usually I think I, I translate uh, three to four hours a day. Wow. I think I think on a really good day, I do five, mm -hmm. five hours. Nice. Wow, I really appreciate what you're doing, and thank you for thank <laughs> you presenting <laughs> us newer and newer books in Hungarian. I'm trying to do my best. What, what I was... think they're pretty good. Mm. <laughs> I think. I guess it helps. It helps when the book is also good and then smooth, and then yes. you can enjoy the story actually. Yeah. Mm. Besides the time yeah. constraint constraints. What are other challenges that you're facing while you're translating? Well, looking for slang expressions takes up a lot of my time because I, I, I don't know all the slang words and expressions. Uh, so that's, that's uh, what I <laughs> search a lot. And uh, also when there are cultural references that cannot be translated into Hungarian because you don't, we don't have it, mm. for example. And I, I, I have to somehow circumscribe it or some, somehow trying to explain it in a way that it won't be too didactic. So uh, that's that's a challenge, but uh, but I but I like it a lot. And and uh, as I've mentioned, I have a really good friend who is also a translator, and I I usually ask her opinion about my <laughs> ideas. And also, what's really really challenging or can be is translating puns and oh, jokes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That I that are situational and also grammatical in a way that, for example, that it plays with the different uh, connotations a word has and which doesn't have, which we don't uh, have in Hungarian because in Hungarian we we use different words and not the same. So 
So creating a joke that is that relates to that uh, situation that they are in is it, it can be really challenging. I see. And and I, I have to admit that I think some of these jokes they they are lost during translation because it's impossible to do in Hungarian. So. Mm -hmm. I see. Thank you for sharing. All right. Uh, after translating so much, do you still have time to read? Um, not so much, but uh, I try to read before going to sleep. So girl, a little girl missing. I think she's like nine or 10 years old. And uh, the previous summer, they found a 10 year old girl fa uh, dead in the forest. And the dead girl, dead girl's case uh, are related. And he sends this girl to investigate. And uh, it's about also the family that she has, uh, whom she've never visited in the last few years, I think. So there's going to be some family drama as well as this crime. So I've heard a lot of good things about this book. So it's going to be good, but also I think it's going to be a bit too dark, maybe for my liking. <laughs> but I'm really interested. And I actually borrowed this book from my sister. So I, I should give it back after I don't know, for two years, I think it's been here. So I, I made up my mind to read it. So this is what I'm, I'm reading, but I'm actually um, listening to audiobooks rather than reading books because, well, you, you can't read while doing the washing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We talked yeah. about this also last time. Yeah. Are you listening yeah, yeah. to something? I'm sorry? Are you listening to something nowadays? Yeah, I am. I, I am listening to Dumas, The Count of Monte Cristo. Mm -hmm. And it's a monstrous book. <laughs> It's it's over fifty hours. Wow. Okay. So it's really really long. It's been on my. I actually really loved the movie that was made about this book or from this book, which was uh, Monte Cristo was played by Jim Caviezel, mm -hmm. and it was I think a really uh, well done adaptation. Um, so I was really interested in learning about the, the book, the, how the original, um, uh, story was written. So I am listening to it and I have listened to like 20, 22 hours. Mm -hmm. So it's really good. It's really interesting. It, it, um, the story builds up rather slowly uh but but it's really interesting and engaging so i i i'm, I'm really uh excited hmm. to 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 be not, not to be over with it but you know so to to, to get to the end <laughs> yeah yes based on what are you choosing your books to read like recommendations um, or you have a specific genre that you like or your favorite writer and then you want to read everything by her yeah by him? yeah uh that one too <laughs> um it depends on my mood a lot i think ever since the war in uh ukraine broke out, I felt like I need uh, lighter things to listen to, lighter books. So I listen to a lot of romances and I, I 
grew to love uh, Portia McIntosh, for example. She loves really funny and uh, sweet books. And they are really um, uh, a great source of entertainment. I, I laugh a lot <laughs> on her books because her sense of uh, humor, I think, resembles mine. So I really love her books and I try to listen to all of her books. And uh, there are those favorite authors whose books I want to read. For example, Jojo Moyes is one of them. I think I've mentioned this last yeah. time as well. Yeah. And Cecilia Ahern mm. is uh, the one that I, whose books I want to read and not listen to. And, uh, well, Leah Lewis became one of my all-time favorites mm -hmm. in an instant. So her book is, a, her next book is about to be published in, an, in a month, I think. And I have already pre-ordered. <laughs> and <laughs> I have pre-ordered it in February, I think, as fast as I could. Because I just have to read that. It's going to be so cute. Sweet. Yeah. And um, my 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 favorite Hungarian author is Sasko Gabriela, and her book is going to come out next week, which I have also pre-ordered. And uh, if if everything goes well, uh, mm. she's going to come to the kind of hate i think oh nice the it's going like it's going to be next or... week i think oh nice mm -hmm. and uh she's going to uh sit there and Dedicate sign the <laughs> yeah nice i i can tell you are waiting for that a lot yeah, yeah 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 do you know do you read any other contemporary hungarian literature not really, I have to admit. <laughs> I don't know where to start, but I am uh, taking notes all the time and, and try to, to read Hungarian authors as well, because I, I do believe that uh, for, for a writer to be able to write well, they have to read a lot and read Hungarian authors as well. For example, I have finished a book by uh, Matra y Silvia, which came out, I think, last November or October. Uh, its title is uh, Three Love Affairs. Okay. And, and it's, uh, it's centered about, around a question that um, either to to enter into re relationship or to get out of one maybe or or to to have a love affair when you are actually married and with children mm -hmm. and and what's the motivation behind those why are we seeking love and and it was really interesting and and thought provoking mm. to see how these uh, stories evolve, where they come from, where they are headed. It was it was it was really really interesting to 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 listen, not listen to read <laughs> to read these stories. Even though for me, the storytelling style was a bit weird. I don't know. It, it was, it was really like, as if someone told you, I mean, I mean, the, the narrator was like this, this traditional all knowing narrator and at first it was it was really weird for me but then i got used to it and uh and it was really good yeah. and it, it actually suited the the purpose of the book 
And uh, as far as I know, uh, this Matre um, Celia is a coach. Okay. Who is also life like, life coach, mm -hmm. I think, or something like that. So she has like the professional view on relationships. Yeah, 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 exactly. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be very interesting. It is. Hmm. Thank you for sharing. When you were talking about the contemporary, and you mentioned that it's very important for a writer to get familiar the the different topics and themes, what is trending, and and also to to get intertextually closer to other contemporary writers. For me, if I'm in the spree of writing, I cannot read. I don't know. I don't know how you are with that or when you are translating how you are with that, because for me, I get so attached to the different moods that I experience in other writers um, works like Murakami can influence me very much and mm -hmm. a lot of mainly Asian writers. Now I'm, I'm reading a lot of Asian writers, but mm -hmm. but the Asian style of writing is just so different because it's so yeah. vague. And I also like to experiment with vagueness in my own short stories. And sometimes I just feel like, you know, not not on purpose, but I would feel like that I get so attached to the style I'm reading that I start to apply it also in my own writing. And then suddenly I just get it lost because I feel like it's not my work anymore. And um, okay. I don't know how you feel about that. For well, me, for um, me I, am, I am different from you in this aspect, I feel like. I think it's absolutely natural that uh, the style of those who read affects you and your writing. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's absolutely not a problem because while you are reading and writing your own, uh, you, well, your, your writing style also evolves and, uh, and, uh, and and it's absolutely natural for you to be able to find your own style to incorporate what you have experienced into your own work or at least that's what we learn learn we have learned from uh Lanskri Janos who is mm. doing an online creative writing course and I've been uh part of it since three semesters i think now so actually we have uh homeworks that consists of imitating a certain style that he Whoa. the certain okay. style of yeah of writing that he shows us a piece of i don't know short story or a, a section of a book and we have to imitate that and use the the techniques that are present on in that book um, excerpt from a book or short story and he he always says that it's absolutely natural to to imitate uh, in the beginning and in time when you have incorporated certain things into your own style these will these this really uh, overwhelming feeling that that you are copying that other person it will uh, subside and you won't be you won't be feeling that hmm. but but you you somehow must do it especially uh, at the beginning of a uh, writing career so so i i think that it is absolutely natural that uh, you experiment with these and um and there is going to come a point when you will say that this is my own style mm. and yeah it came from this and that but but that's great that you have i think it's just really great that you have sampled those style of writing as well and you can find your own voice hmm. thank you speaking of writing 
Have you had the time to write something or you're busy with the homework that last last week gives to you and to your friends? And have you have you done anything like a short story or poems? Oh, uh, well, <laughs> I haven't really written in the last, I don't know, few months. Since you're translating. Uh, well, it started before that. I, I had a rough patch because I have a lot of insecurities about writing and of me not being good enough. Uh, and, and it comes back from time to time. So I sometimes I just uh, don't write at all. But the funny thing is that translation somehow tricked my mind that I am actually writing when I'm translating and, um, and it's, and I, I realized that this fear of writing my own started gradually to subside. And, uh, now I, uh, am actually, uh, writing not as much as I want to, but I'm writing my own story. I have two story ideas that I've been, um, cradling in my heart for years, but I have never really had the courage to sit down and write them. Or when I started it, I felt like it was a piece of garbage that I have written down. So I abandoned the story, but, but the, the idea behind those stories are with me to this day and with baby steps, but I started to uh, work on one of them and I really hope that I can um, I can finish it and then start the other one as well and stop this worrying about writing because because it's not good <laughs> yeah I read your short stories I love your style and I love you know I think uh, your writing is very emotional sensitive i would say i i love your thank time. you please don't stop <laughs> and publish i'll try <laughs> thank you you're so sweet i just really love reading and i just love exploring other people's talent about writing and you know and i know sometimes it also feels like oh no this is not good at all or I don't want to do this anymore or oh my story is not so good somebody else could write it much better than i yeah. but then i also feel like but this is my story and this is so much mine and this is so mm -hmm. much me in it yeah. and of course there are famous people and there are famous writers and there are famous you know authors who could do much 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 better than us but then you know I guess for me, I, I really, really like to write out of pleasure as well. So I don't mm -hmm. look at it as a profession. And yeah. I think it's just for me, it's more important that those bottled up feelings or my observations of the world um, just come out in whatever form. And even if it's only me who is reading that, it's really satisfactory for me. And um, I mean, not trying to be arrogant here or not trying to be like whatever, but I just, I think it's also one form of maybe self-care. Yes, that, that you like what you do as as well as with your translation and the, the next step will be the, the writer. And I think as we discussed it last time we talked, you're also a writer if, if you don't publish. If you look at yourself as a writer, yep. if you, keep yourself as a writer then you are a writer so i think you're there it's just you know even even just think about your favorite authors i would say even those favorite authors they receive tons of bad critics that the book found them in a bad mood or is not their style or is yeah. not their you know absolutely so, yeah I understand your struggle. I'm struggling with it too sometimes, but but also I just feel like I really like the word when you said that like you're cradling your ideas because it's it's really like 
it comes yeah. from so deep from us yeah yeah it would be not it nice is. to bottle it up for a longer time absolutely you're absolutely right <laughs> thank you i think our time is running out so thank you so much again for um, accepting my invitation for the second time well thank you for for inviting me it's been a pleasure and it's really i'm honored actually really thank you do you have any recommendations or any advice for the listeners uh regarding anything books or writing translating or well keep reading <laughs> keep reading whatever brings you joy mm -hmm. i think it's really important and and uh and it's absolutely great to to have these sources of uh escaping the real world if you need to do that so yeah I agree. Books are my lifeline, actually. So stories, and I think it's a great thing that we can read, and listen to stories. I agree. I'm I'm still not into audiobooks though. I, I have to train <laughs> myself. I don't do enough housework, you know. Yeah. That, that must be yeah, I just wanted to mention that if you had four children and the amount of. Uh, laundry that comes with them you would listen to <laughs> but i i would love to read much more but i unfortunately i can't so i see i i have to take the metro for a long time and um i don't know sometimes i have endless meetings so <laughs> th that's why i read it would be really <laughs> it would look really yeah. funny if i came with my headphones <laughs> not like that yeah Anyway, thank you so much. I wish you prosperous, you. prosperous work in your translations, and I hope thank you. you will have newer and yeah. newer commissions, but uh, also time to write and uh, <laughs> and publish finally your stories. Thank you. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Have thank a great you. night, day. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> bye bye. Thank you for being with us for this month as well and follow Elsa's Mundo. Stay tuned for more book reviews. Bye!